0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We believe God is going to do great things in your life. If God has impacted you through this ministry, partner with us in reaching others. Go to SummitSA.com and give an amount that works best for you. Now enjoy the message and have a blessed day. Well, I'm going to give you some thoughts this morning, post Thanksgiving, about the power of gratitude and some interesting facts about gratitude. It's a theme in the Bible that appears all over the place. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says rejoice always, not just when you feel like it, always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Clear scripture. Then in Ephesians 5, Paul writes again, make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 3, beginning in verse 15, Paul again, and be thankful. Yeah, that'd be, that's a charge to every one of us, to be thankful. And we'll talk about why in a minute. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, that means whether you're making cappuccinos at Starbucks, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus because that will affect how you do it. It won't be a get-by job. You'll do whatever you do. You'll do it in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, you know, there's a few categories to get us started to thinking about gratitude. Maybe there's some individuals God will bring to your mind, a family member, a co-worker, or a teacher, or maybe an experience like getting to go to the school you wanted, or to work, or travel. Over time, maybe you were suffering and God comforted you. Or maybe it was a small gift somebody gave to you, an encouraging word, a phone call, a text, a good night's sleep, food you love to eat. And maybe this gift is life-changing. could be faith, the Bible, the death of Jesus on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. The gift of the Holy Spirit as our guide, spiritual gifts, or even your church family. You know, you may not have a good family or have a family at all, but God provides you with a spiritual family right here. I'm closer to brothers and sisters in this church and in the body of Christ than I am to many of my relatives. Yeah, I'm telling you, there is a bond of family there. It is a band of brothers and sisters. So I'm going to give you some thoughts, little hypotheses I have about gratitude, Thought number one, this is my first hypothesis. More gratitude will not come from more acquisitions, but from more awareness of God's presence and God's goodness. Getting more stuff won't make you thankful. I I don't wanna talk today about the therapeutic value of gratitude, but I'll give you a few hints. Research suggests that individuals who feel grateful experience lower blood pressure improved immunity function, recover more quickly from illness, and can more effectively cope with stress. Gratitude has one of the strongest links to mental health, more so than even optimism, and the benefits can be lifelong. A sense of gratitude can reduce the lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and even substance abuse disorders. So how about that? That's just That's just secular research about some of the therapeutic uh, benefits. But I want to talk about the Christian gratitude, Jesus-shaped gratitude, and it it starts by getting a new worldview, and a worldview is how you see everything. So it's important to know what gratitude is. It is the perception of good. You can't manufacture gratitude by willpower. It's a byproduct of seeing things a certain way. And it involves three factors. Number one, gratitude involves benefit. In order for me to be grateful, I have to receive a gift. And I mean, I've got to perceive that as a good thing for me to receive it. I've got to find it favorable. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. Psalms 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's a whole bunch you don't, you don't even think about that God loads you with daily, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. So don't forget all his benefits. And our lives are filled every day with benefits from God and we're blind to them most of the time. So gratitude requires that we recognize them and know these benefits are good. The second factor of gratitude is a benefactor. Benefactor means one who does good. To be grateful, you've got to believe not just benefits are coming your way, but they're coming to you not by accident or random, but from somebody who wills to do you good. And you must believe this benefactor has good intentions towards you. So if I'm a grateful person, I've got to believe that about God. The writers of the Bible are convinced that God is a great benefactor. Here's what James says. Don't be deceived, dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, down from the Father of lights. So that's an expression of God's goodness. These benefits, a good God exists and he's always giving to us. And the third element in gratitude is not only a benefit, a benefactor, but a beneficiary. And a beneficiary is the person who receives the good. That's you and me. See, you and I are beneficiaries of the benefits of a God who is a great benefactor and has our interests at heart. So the beneficiary has a crucial facet. For there to be gratitude, beneficiaries, that's you and me, must believe they are receiving something they did not earn, they did not merit, they did not deserve. Not one of us in this room deserves to be loved by God, deserves to have eternal life, deserves to live free of guilt, shame, and condemnation. We got that as a gift. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. It's a gift. What a benefit. Second hypothesis about gratitude, it grows in humility. Gratitude involves a posture of humility, something our toddlers do not have. If I believe I'm owed something, I will never be thankful for it because I believe, wrong or right, I'm entitled to it. If you give me a car for no reason at all, I'll be be overwhelmed with gratitude. And four years ago, somebody gave me a sports car out of the blue. I didn't work for it, didn't earn it, couldn't afford to buy it. And I was overwhelmed with joy. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for touching this person's heart to bless me. But I recognize it came through him, but from you. Thank you. Thank you. That was easy. You should have seen it. Now, I'm saying, I can't believe how good you are to me. Now, if that person charged me fair market value for that car and then handed me the keys after I handed him the check... I'm not going to dance all over the room. I'm not going to say, thank you, Jesus, for this incredible gift. I'm overwhelmed. Why not? Because I bought the sucker. I paid for it. I'm, oh, give me the car. I bought it. See? And the sinful human race is naturally shaped towards entitlement. You owe me. We believe our gifts rightfully belong to us. And the more we think we are entitled to the less we will be grateful for. And we wonder, why do people who keep getting more and more show less and less gratitude? Whether it's their position or celebrity or their uh, money or or their fame, whatever it may be, or a talent or a gift, uh, they act like I'm entitled, I'm special, instead of Lord, incredible. Thank you for the favor you've given me in business or show business or in sports. I am a debtor. Thank you for this encouragement. You don't see that much. It's rare. Once in a while, it's a bright light, but usually you don't see it. I was telling some friends the other day, I have been with two Heinzman Trophy winners. I've been with several most valuable players in the NBA. I have been with one of the, he's now passed on to heaven, but he was all pro, all star with the Green Bay Packers, uh, NFL guy, and I've taken them all to lunch. Not one of those 60 million dollar guys ever said to me, I'll get it, lunch, the, the bill, I'll get it. No, poor me, sitting with multi-million dollar stars, and I thought how interesting, not one said, give me that check. Why? I guess I'm special, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to be treated this way. Boy, that's bad. And you mamas and daddies better slap the bottom of those little diapers right now and say, you say thank you. You say thank you. You say please. You say yes, ma'am. I enjoyed that. Thank you very no, thank you, but thank you. Gratitude. And the fact that we live in a non-gratitude culture says a whole lot about our homes because you didn't come out that way naturally. And a home has to shape that in children. You're special. You're into, yeah, I'll show you how special you are. I'll tear those little pants down and pop that little special bottom or you'll be a spoiled 40, 50-year-old believing you are owed something by every... The world doesn't know you a darn thing. It was here before you got here. I'm serious. So quit thinking everybody needs to suck up to you and pamper your little bottom. That wasn't in my notes, but it was in my heart. Okay. <laughs> Now, so my sinful mind can convince me I'm entitled to anything I want people owe me, they ought to pay me I'm special and that's led in our nation to a proliferation of lawsuits when we don't get what we really want we sue somebody the San Francisco Giants were sued a few years ago for passing out Father's Day gifts to men only figure we've lost our mind A psychology professor sued for sexual harassment because of the presence of mistletoe at a Christmas party. A psychic was awarded $986,000 when a doctor's CAT scan impaired her psychic abilities. I'm thinking, honey, if you're a psychic, shouldn't you have seen that coming? I mean, you'd think, but she sued. So in a Christian framework, gratitude is not just a psychological or emotional problem Paul says it's a sin it is the hallmark of a life opposed to God and if you're a parent you do not want to raise an ungrateful child and if I hear anything out of my wife over our grandchildren first our children now they're grown adults but to now the grandchildren well what do you say Ethan what do you say Mia it's like pulling teeth you say thank you, and you want it to become so automatic you don't have to think about it. Thank you very much. Thank you for the thoughtful, thoughtfulness. Just, it, you make it a habit. You condition it. But you have to start when people are young in your house. So maybe your parents didn't teach you that. Well, duh. You, you need to wake up and teach the next generation how to be grateful and to say thank you. Thank you. Uh, sometimes if somebody gave give you something at Christmas and you didn't want it and don't like it, thank you thank you. You can repackage it and give it to somebody else, but they thank you. <laughs> it happens to all of us, but I'm simply saying, say thank you. That's a beautiful benefit. I grew up in the South, and it was very friendly and very polite in the, in the 50s and 60s when I grew up, and it was like, thank you, and please, and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, uh, thank you. I mean, that was just the natural way everybody lived. You, you, you say, yes, ma'am, to an adult, uh, men, you stand up when a woman gets on the bus or gets on the train or gets on the airplane or you know, comes in the room. You stand up. You open the door for your your wife. You open the door for your daughters. I'm I think I'm doing that. I mean, I do it every. She don't care. But anyway, <laughs> she's entitled. <laughs> but I was taught you open the door of a car. And that, Today, If you see a man open the door of a car for a woman, he either got a new car or a new wife. You don't, you don't know which. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I thought that was good, too. Now, speaking about people living a life opposed to God, Paul writes in the Romans, for although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor did they give thanks to Him. So their thinking became futile. They perceived themselves as a human race to be entitled, to be owed. And they didn't see themselves as grateful receivers of grace every moment of life. Now, the Bible word for ingratitude is grumbling. Uh, Paul says that grumbling is the mindset of a life without God. Have you ever heard of a church person (laughs) grumbling? Mm Mm-hmm. You can be lured away from God by grumbling quicker than almost anything else. And God takes it pretty seriously. Paul heard about a spirit of groaning, complaining, murmuring in the church at Corinth. So he writes off a letter to them. And he wrote them about how Israel grumbled at Mount Sinai. God had been so good to the Israelites. He gave them free food. He gave them water every day. Their clothes didn't wear out. They were protected from the adversaries and from the sun. and They were warm at night. Uh, he did everything, for, gave them the Ten Commandments, led them into the Promised Land, and all they did was grumble and complain in response. They were never grateful. So Paul writes to the church at Corinth and says, and do not grumble as a lot of those Israelites did and were killed by the destroying angel. How many of you who are grumbling are a little worried right now? Yeah, God doesn't like it. And we got to Even with our children, I have to stop sometimes a little murmuring, a little groaning and grumbling about, hey, how blessed you are in spite of what you didn't get. Look what you do have. And sometimes that changes the focus. Third thought about gratitude, it always leads to a life of blessing. Jesus knew what it was to live in gratitude, and he, he gives us a good illustration. Every devout Jewish person was devoted to two forms of daily prayer. One was called the Shema, taken from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, because He is our great benefactor. And they would pray that every day. He's worthy. He gives you life. And then the other form of prayer was called the 18 benedictions. They called it the 18, to be short. In Hebrew, benediction was any prayer that began with the word bless so to bless is to speak good of somebody else they always wanted to speak good to bless to thank God and they would do it continually in the morning when they wake up they pray the 18 blessed are you Lord God in the middle of the day they would pause and pray the 18 blessed are you Lord who abundantly forgives at night before they went to bed they would pray the 18 blessed are you O God And then they would enrich that simple phrase. Rabbis would teach their followers how to expand on it. Blessed are you, Lord, who heals the sick. Then they'd remember, I have a body, I've been sick, God is the one who is behind my health. Blessed are you who sustains the living and raises the dead. So even if I die, I have eternal hope through Jesus. I'm blessing God for it. They were training themselves for gratitude. And they loved doing it because the good life involves gratitude. And a gratitude doesn't come when you get more stuff. I mean our kids never get enough stuff and they'll grumble about what they didn't get. While many got nothing and they they're ungrateful for it. So gratitude doesn't come when you get more stuff and that's the folly insanity of our day. Gratitude comes when you see more clearly reality. All benefits come from a wonderful benefactor of which I am a grace-given beneficiary. And I am thankful, Lord. Thank you. So they would regularly gather at the temple to pray the 18. You can see this between the lines in the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 3. It says one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. That's when they would gather to pray the 18. Now, if you couldn't go there, you were supposed to turn your body towards the Holy of Holies where God's presence was expressed. And every rabbi would teach his disciples how to pray the 18 in their own way. When Jesus' disciples, Lord, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They were saying, what's our way of praying the 18 of blessing the Lord? And the Lord's prayer is the 18 in a summary form. Sometimes rabbis used to talk about how to pray the 18 in summary form or expanded form. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, King James says, blessed, blessed are you. Blessed is your name. And the early church would pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. It, it, uh, gratitude didn't stop with praying the 18. Every meal was an, an occasion to express gratitude. Food wasn't eaten until people stopped to remember it's a gift. They didn't just inhale it the way we do now. A rabbi said, a man must not taste anything until he's blessed it. And they weren't so much blessing the food as they were blessing the God who gave the food. Now, most of us threw away for Thanksgiving, more than the average person would eat That going without food in our country. We have people who are homeless. We have people and children who aren't getting enough to eat. Their parents can't provide food for them. That's even in wealthy America that's going on. And I thought, how grateful we are for the abundance of food, full bellies, while others are going hungry. We need to be great. God, thank you for this incredible gift. Thank you. So a man must not taste anything until he's blessed it. Now, Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the everything in it. So everything you and I have on this earth, since God owns everything, it's a gift from Him. And they were so serious about gratitude, certain rabbis believe if you forgot to bless God for His great gift of food, you had to go back where you ate that meal and thank Him there so you wouldn't forget the next time. Not a bad thought. The general principle that they lived by was to bless God for every benefit for every gift, a heat pump, the money to pay the dumb electric bill, which sometimes can be exorbitant in the summer over this place. I mean, in July, the bill is around $38,000, just so you don't sweat. Thank you, Lord, for the money to pray for the air conditioning so makeup won't run and people will come to say thank you to you, Lord. I'm, you, ought to, you, you just you got a roof over your head, a car that runs. Thank you, thank you. God loves it. Now the general principle, Rabbi said, is he who enjoys anything from creation, which is without blessing, it commits misuse. It's a form. <laughs> the other day I was driving at an excessively high rate of speed, <laughs> and to my shock. I noticed a patrol car on a side street. And I got off the accelerator as fast as I could. Didn't touch the brake. Didn't want the brake lights to come on, just in case he was not sure. And I watched, and I didn't see any lights come behind me. Thank you, Jesus thank you for grace and mercy how about you have you ever had an incident thank you and don't forget to thank God I didn't deserve that and I wouldn't have denied that but I was thanking Jesus and I didn't see that so where was I I forgot where I was and then watch Jesus do the same thing on food here's the last supper while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, when he had broken it, and give, he, he, he gave thanks first, then he broke it and distributed. it. Then later in the same meal, then he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he passed it out and they drank it. Each time there was a separate part of food, they would stop and thank God for it. Now in our day, we pray over a meal real quick, kind of perfunctory at the beginning, but not Jesus. He did what devout Israelites would do. Anytime another item of food came, he would stop and say, God, this is from you too. I have to have this. I get to have it. And I thank you for allowing me to have it. So gratitude was about blessing everything. Now you may not be aware of this, but many rabbis, when they went into the bushes to use the restroom, rabbis had disciples and the disciples would want to know, is there going to be a blessing for this? And there was. Rabbi Abayi said, quote, Blessed are you, Lord, who has formed man in wisdom and created in him many orifices and cavities. Now that could sound very strange to us, but it's a funny thing that one of those orifices ain't working. Life can get real miserable, correct? And the rabbis would say, shame on you for thinking you are so proper that any part of your existence is too undignified to thank God who thought it up. Shame on you for thinking there's something unspiritual, something not worth thanking God for about any part of our bodies. Now, Jim and Johnny and Randy and others sitting here have long passed the midlife crisis. I I have lots of friends we've buried, and we have lots of friends things don't work. And I was just thinking the other day at 7 to 3, thank God everything works. Thank God my mind works, my body works. I'm in good health. Lord, thank you. Thank you. It could be just the other way around. So I'm just saying, sometimes you stop and give gratitude just for that. You got a good, healthy life when you meet your friends and they look like they're about one day from dying. I won't say who they are, but I know. Fourth. Fourth thought about gratitude, Uh, life without God tends to make everybody ungrateful and only grateful when good things happen. Life with God helps me to learn to be grateful for imperfect people and imperfect circumstances. So gratitude is the byproduct of a spiritual reality. If I wait for perfect people in my life and perfect circumstances in my life and all my circumstances to go well in order for me to be grateful, I, I doubt I'll rarely ever be grateful. Right? Rabbis talked about this too. A rabbi said, one is obligated to say a benediction, a blessing over the good times and the bad times. Why? Why? Well, evil is not a good thing, of course not. Suffering is not a good thing, of course not. Those are bad things. But God is at work one day to overcome and overturn them. And the rabbi said that one is obligated to thank God at all times because we are in danger of being thankful only when good things come our way. And when you do that, your threshold for gratitude gets higher and higher until finally you rarely ever thank God for anything if you just wait for good things to happen. Thank you, Lord, I didn't die in this tragedy. Thank you, Lord, you allowed me to live. Thank you, Lord, uh, I'm going to come through this difficult situation uh, better than I went in. Thank you, I'm not alone. You're at work in this. You work all things for good to them that love you and are called according to your purpose. Now, man, that's hard to say when the doctor diagnoses it as cancer or or somebody diagnoses it as divorce you got to know. You got to be tight with God and to know real reality to be able to thank God. He has not abandoned you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It means that He's here, and He's going to bring me out of this thing as gold. I, I, I've seen that happen in my own life many times. What I thought was the worst thing ended up working really good in me. All things work together for good. He didn't say all things are good. All things God, for a believer will work for your good and his glory and only God knows for sure what will turn out and produce good a lot of times I go through something painful or bad and I wish I didn't have to go through it but then one day I look back on it and say God I am so grateful I didn't miss that and boy that has been a hinge point to help me be a better person or to have more wisdom It's a good thing it wasn't a bad thing so I'm grateful so the rabbi said, we bless God all the time, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So the grateful life with God is the best opportunity ever afforded to human race. And we owe our ultimate gratitude for God's ultimate gift, which is giving His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die in our place. The Bible says in the, in, uh, excuse me, the book of common prayers, maybe you've never read it, says, Almighty God, Father of all mercies we, your unworthy servants, and a lot of people don't like to hear that because we think of ourselves as the entitled master. Therefore, I, I could not be an unworthy servant. I've earned what I am. But he says, we, your unworthy servants, do give you the most humble and hearty thanks. We bless you for our creation, for making us, our preservation, all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your unestimable love in the redemption of our world by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're glad for our friends, our home, our cars, our money, for success when it comes our way, for our jobs, if we have them. But their absence, listen, their absence does not prevent us from being grateful for God's greatest gift. And that means followers of Jesus, whether I'm in plenty or in need in a palace or a prison. I thank God for the gift of Jesus. No matter what this world throws at me, there's a life after this one, and it's going to be great, and I have privilege to it because of God's gift to me, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's his matchless life. It's true. His unrivaled teaching, his sacrificial death, his triumphant resurrection. I can say, blessed are you, Lord. couple of thoughts to close. Maybe you ought to write a note called a gratitude note and and write it to somebody, a friend, a mentor, somebody, because they came into your life, you're a different person. Now, a couple of thoughts about that. You can't write that to somebody that would benefit you financially. That's manipulation. That's a little witchcraft. Don't do that. And you can't write that to somebody you want to date but doesn't want to date you. That's not smart either. And then a second experiment is to kind of pray your own benedictions. You know, blessed are you, Lord God, who gave me this friend I love, who gave me this home, who gave me this great job, who gave me the ability, whatever. There's just so much to be thankful for. At the end of the day, you ought to be able to thank him driving home in the car for a couple of important things. Remember, our thanksgiving is not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on God's goodness. That's why, as God's people, I can confidently declare every day, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I can say that because we have a God who is bigger than our circumstances. A God who plans and purposes for me are to prosper and for you. A God who works in all things for the good of those who love him. A God who promises never to leave you or forsake you. A God who delights in giving good gifts to his children. And we have a God who did not spare even his only son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all. So now we have a good shepherd who leads us to life, who delivered us from the bondage of sin and the penalty of sin, who forgives our grumbling and rebellion, who feeds us and sustains us in our desert journey, and who leads us unto the hope of the promised land. In Jesus, we have three reasons always to be thankful. Number one, our bad things will always turn out for our good. Number two, our good things can never be taken away. And number three, the best things are yet to come. Our God is good. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Would you bow your head with me? This good God loves you, loves everything about you, created you, sustains you. In him we live, move, and have our being. This morning, if you don't know Him as your own Savior and Lord, you'll know about Him at Christmas, we'll sing songs, you'll see the manger, but maybe you don't know Him. And this morning, He says, whosoever, that's pretty inclusive, anybody, shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. God says, if you'll ask Me, I'll redeem you, I'll save you, I'll forgive you, and then I'll give you a hope and a future and I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You can't earn this forgiveness, you can't earn this eternal life. I'm the benefactor, God says, you are the beneficiary if you receive my benefit. You can't pay for it, you can't be good enough to get it, you just receive it, like I did a car, with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. And if you've never asked him, or you're not sure, Could I include you in a very brief prayer? If that's you this morning, just slip a hand up and take it down. Say, Rick, yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands around the auditorium. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing. Our benefactor is our Lord. The benefit is eternal life and plus plus a 100 other benefits. And the beneficiary is whosoever will accepts him as Savior and Lord. I'll pray a very simple prayer. We're all going to pray it together so you're not embarrassed. You can pray right there in your seat. We'll all pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. You paid for my sins. And you rose from the dead. Come into my heart as Savior and Lord. Forgive my sin. And give me the gift of eternal life. Thank you. I have a hope and a great future. Thank you for all you've done for me and all you're going to do for me. You are a great benefactor, and I bless you in Jesus' name. Now shout amen. Amen and amen. Now I want to do one more thing, and I'm going to be very brief about it. I just felt inclined to pray for a number of you suffering with different ailments, or maybe you're in a recovery mode. And I'm going to ask our altar team, our small group leaders, elders and wives, I'm going to ask all of you in just a minute, just to lay hands on the people that come forward. This is going to be very brief. I don't want you praying for people. I just want you to lay hands on them. I'm going to pray. So I'm going to ask this morning, if you're suffering with some affliction, some, something that's uh, troublesome, I, I, I want you just to get up out of your chair and come right now. Come on. Stand here at the altar. I'm going to pray. Come on. Come on. Let's attack this thing. God who heals all my diseases by whose stripes I am healed the Bible says call for those in authority and let them pray for you that are sick so let's do that let's don't just be good observers let's get well let's get on the attack here God bless you God bless you come on come on I've talked to so many people who suffering from some ailment or affliction I just thought let's do a little praying and knock some of this out speed up the healing process wow looks like I was right thank you Lord thank you for what you're going to do now I want you who are going to be prayed for just to relax you don't pray just be still you're going to receive when you're receiving you just be still and I'm going to ask the prayer team to come around as I begin to pray and all I want you to do is just lay hands on people very gently as I pray Holy Spirit we invite your presence right now I ask you to come upon your people your redeemed people in power I thank you by your stripes we are made well thank you that greater is he in us than he that's in the world in the name of Jesus who defeated death, hell and the grave who took our pain, sickness and disease on his own body on the cross I rebuke spirits of infirmity I rebuke disease disorder and pain I command it to go from your body in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are begotten of God, and the wicked one touches us not. By your stripes, we are made well. So touch these bodies with health and healing and full recovery in the name of Jesus, our great physician. We thank you, Lord. It is by your might and by your power we are made well. Touch bodies now. Heart conditions, blood conditions, organ failure. We rebuke you. Cancer. We rebuke high blood pressure, hypoglycemia. We break the curse of this paralytic arthritis. We command pain to stop in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, you will bow and yield to that name above every name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Health and healing come from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let peace come upon every person. And let the manifestation of your healing begin to show. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Now how about my team here? How about y'all? Let's Thank God now. Just say, Lord, thank you by your stripes I am made well. Thank you. You sent your word to heal me, to deliver me from my destruction. Thank you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. Thanks for joining us today, and may God richly bless you. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.